Can I have your attention, please? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hangover Club. Can you please give a very warm round of applause to Brian from Northern Monkbury? That was a very good round of applause. Well done. Um, so we're a few beers and uh, Bloody Marys into the afternoon now, and we're going to uh, interview Brian live here. Uh, I'm, I've got a few questions lined up for him, uh, but after my questions, please feel free to come um, and ask questions. You'll have to come and uh, ask them into the microphone so that you can be on the recording. Um, but I will be able to move the microphone sort of slightly towards you so you don't have to come and like sit on my, my lap um, unless you'd like to. Um, I'm going to edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> Ooh, me first, me first. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, thank you so much for coming down to the Duke's Head today, uh, Brian, and bringing Absolutely. your hangover with you. I think <laughs> I, I people, are, people are looking a lot better. There's some colour in the cheeks now. I'm certainly feeling a lot better than I was when I woke up this morning. I think, um, I think there's some through the window, though, more than And um, we're, we're drinking, uh, we're currently drinking our, the smoke porter that myself and Tom from the Duke's Head went down to, or up to Northern Monk, brewery to, to brew and this is the keg version we've just had the cast version um what do you think brian i'm i'm pleasantly surprised i think we've made a it, it's exactly what it says in the turn it is an absolute classic sport porter it's smooth a little bit roasty very impressive head retention mm-hmm. yeah like as you say it, it looks like it's been pulled with a sparkler but yeah it thankfully does. it hasn't it wouldn't sit i don't think it and, yeah. actually looks like a nitro pour but it's not is it, it really does doesn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's just it's super creamy very thick head and um yeah, smoky. I don't think it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it did exactly what we hoped. It, it was perfect with the um, with the Bloody Mary and it. Yeah, and it's um, sorting the hangovers out as well. Hopefully. What's everyone in, think? In both directions. Everyone enjoying it? Yeah. 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 All smiles. Uh, we're going to have a couple of little samples of um, of Northern Monk beers uh, while we do this interview. Um, uh, Tom. Hit him. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're going to try the, uh, the Eternal um, Session IPA, uh, which recently won bronze at the, the World Beer Cup in the United States. And this was quite a significant thing. It's the, it won bronze in the Session IPA category, and it was the first ever British beer to medal in an American awards. Uh, well, American IPA in, style. In, in, the, in an IPA category. So I think that deserves a round of applause in itself. Um, so, uh, my first my first question for you, Brian, is what was it like winning that award? Surreal. Uh, what, like you you were at home at the time when you found out the news, didn't you? Yeah. Why don't you tell us about obviously, that? Obviously, out in it was out in Philadelphia, wasn't it? So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was I hadn't been out, but I was particularly late to bed for given I wasn't doing anything. I think I'd, I'd been a film on or something, so I'm calling it to bed at one a.m. after. Having had a few cans of Eternal and bits and bobs anyway, and you know, you turn the light out, and then the phone starts vibrating. You're like, what the hell's going on now? And the first text from um, Adam Watson out against the green, um, I'd, not, I'd recently been out there anyway for a few weeks. Yeah. So he's texting me going, oh, buddy, you just won. And I'm like, 
what, what's he on about? I completely forgot he, uh, there was even going on. And then Twitter starts going and you're looking down and not entirely what you're reading and then someone uploaded a screenshot of it. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, okay. And then we've got like a, we've got a brewery WhatsApp group, so I'm just like, I'm sh- screaming at that, going, guys, look what we just did. And then I'm just like, hang on a second. I need a beer. I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. And I just drank my last can of a turtle. Brilliant. I'm all out. I'm all out of the winning beer and I couldn't even drink it to celebrate. Well done. <laughs> um, it's a shame you didn't have that beer. And you, you were against the grain. That's in Nashville, isn't it? Uh, Louisville. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Uh, Louisville. Yeah, yeah Louisville. Um, and what was that like? Did you learn a lot about IPA brewing? Because they brew some great IPAs. Yeah, I mean, the most famous one is Citra Astow. Yeah. Um, also as famous there. As, as famous as their um, branding, I guess. Um, the brown note is pretty infamous. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was mostly a lot. They, um, I mean, uh, their dark side, the dark beers they do in particular yeah. are um, absolutely outstanding. Um, I think their Goodnight Ride is doing the rounds in the Brewdog bars at the moment, and that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, red, white, aged, dark ale. Absolutely stunning. It's luscious and thick. Um, Brilliant. Just get, it's just getting a feel. Just get a, my, my first trip to the States, and obviously, Kentucky isn't top isn't your standard um, first trip but it's just get a feel for the yeah. US beer scene and um, and the actors out there and it's really good yeah, it's, it actually sounds like Kentucky does have a great beer scene yeah oh, it's, it's, I think it's one of the uh, one of the up and coming ones out there I, I know the um, Shelton Fest is yeah is there is there next month I think um, I think it says it all there's a lot, lots, of little, yeah, lots of little brew pubs all over the city and um, you got Lexington next town along as well um, it's a really interesting Battle aging and wild projects going on over Brilliant. there. Uh, really, really creative. So the beer, guys, you're being brought out now. Little samples of is is eternal. Um, yes. Would you say it's changed? Like, did it use? It's got hazier. Has it got hazier? Or is that just me? Um. Or has it always been hazy, and I just drank it from the can and never noticed? Yeah, it's got a little bit hazier. Yeah. Um, not 100 percent intentionally. Um, in the early days, early days of canning, we used to roughly filter a bit yeah. by a paranoia but we've since over t- tested time on the cans we're, ha- yeah. we're happier not doing that obviously so uh, that's the main thing I think we're not, not super as much out um, so but yeah no it, it, the, the recipe's been pretty settled for the last yeah. year or more probably um, and yeah why, why change it at the moment <laughs> brilliant um, well it's tasting fantastic um, but before you were a brewer, you used to work at the, the Grove in Huddersfield, which is a great pub. But at what point did you decide to change your career from serving beer to making it? What 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 made you want to make the jump? Um, so I worked at the Grove and I was doing music degrees at Huddersfield Uni. Another person doing a music yeah, degree. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of brewers with music degrees yeah. and, and so similar. Just, just like my, my degree is in sound engineering. What's your degree in? Um, I, did, I, I was a composer. Co- composer, yeah. Uh, so a proper musician. So just, just for a bit of context, <laughs> really. Brian from Weird Beard uh, is a sound engineer. Paul from Cloudwater is a sound engineer. <laughs> I could probably go on, but there's a big thing of uh, a lot of people. Um, even the guys who are in this pub used to own a record label. There's a big uh, connection with people leaving the music industry to work in beer. So Brian is just another one in this long chain of things. <laughs> but yeah, so so then you decided to make beer. Yeah, I was. I, uh, I, I was doing my undergrad, got a job at the Grove. Yeah. Did a master's degree for something to do when I wasn't working part time at the yeah. Grove. Um, got really fed up with the academia element of the whole thing, um, and really didn't see a future in it. 
and luckily if you've ever been to the Grove you'll see it's crazy number of beers crazy yeah. crazy artwork crazy everything really and Ian's, Ian's is a very open-minded guy after the next project so um, yeah. he, basically, he basically said well I'll pay you to go and learn to brew so I I travelled around the UK um, my grounding was a uh, Gads actually down at Ramsgate. Yeah. Um, so after finishing my master's degree, I travelled all the way down to Ramsgate and spent three months living with Eddie and brew with Eddie, um, which was a hell, of, hell of an education. That guy's a. Re- Obviously, everyone knows his Kentish ales is gas number three, gas number five. His his life ambition is to make the best East Kent Golden beer. But when I was there, he was also brewing the beers for Revelation Cap in Rome. Yeah. And he was brewing double IPAs and stuff, which even five years ago you know those brews of them would stand up to what people are doing today they, he, yeah, the guy can brew any style he, he wants to and do it to a world class level um, he just wants to brew East Kent Golding's beers which is fine but in terms of learning good good habit good procedure it was an excellent education uh, I did Dark Star I did Red Willow I even did a few weeks at Thwaites um, hanging out in their and lab was this under Bitches Brewing your little own yeah. brand well, it was just like training basically I you know Made made use of the contacts we had from running the pub, and I yeah. got to go and basically volunteer. And Ian paid my covered me, you know. And yeah, Bitches Brew was um, basically once I got back, I started doing a few collaborations to serve at the pub. Um, and then it came from the fact that I went, I travelled the country digging people's mash tons, so I was everybody's brew bitch. Yeah. Um, but Brew Bitch Brew Co might be a little bit close to a very well known Scottish brewery, so we yeah. flipped it around. Um, yeah. So yeah, we did. We didn't do a lot. We did probably. Probably did about a dozen beers maybe over a couple of years just here and there with different people. Managed to get to the first two Indie Mans, which was great. Yes. Um, That's Indie Man Beer Con in Manchester for those who, who haven't been. Uh, you should go this year, it's very good. Um, that's my personal endorsement. Um, you didn't you brew like a very crazy chili beer, I seem to remember, that might have done a bit of, bit of a bit harm of damage to a few to people. David Bishop, yes. Yeah. Um, so, what was this chili beer you made? Um, so, me and Jay at Quantum. Yep. Stockport, we did a we did a chili chocolate stout, and the base beer was fairly solid actually. We got the chili really nice and subtle, but um, we then proceeded to serve it through a hop rocket, um, which is basically it's an inline inline pressurized vessel which you put it between the keg and the tap, and um, normally you fill it with hops. So we we put a selection of hops in, a selection of chilies in there, including a number of um, smoked nagas. Um, it actually worked really well when Ouch. it was pouring. <laughs> As it was pouring, reg- as it was getting a regular pour, it was actually, it had heat, but you mostly picked up the flavour. Um, we were really pleased with that. But Indie Man in those days was a, just a two-day event. And so this beer sat in this hot rocket on the Friday night. So on the Saturday morning, it's around about the fifth one out. Uh, and the guy that got it was um, actually my predecessor at Northern Monk, uh, briefly, uh, David Bishop. He's a brother brewer on Twitter, um, quite a f- personality. But he keeps pottering in, and just as he gets to the bar, his phone rings. So he just gives me a glass and says, pour me something. So I'm pouring the beer. And he's on the phone, and you just see him drinking it, and then you just see the pause, and then the eyes starting to well up. And apparently I completely <laughs> ruined his Indian man experience. He didn't taste anything for the next three hours. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no. Uh, Interesting. Uh, incidentally, on Friday, um, our friends at Hot Burns and Black in South London are running chili karaoke at the Beer Cat, which I entered last time, where you uh, you chew a Scotch bonnet halfway through your karaoke song and then try and carry on to sing your song and not vomit. So I'm not volunteering to do that ever again, but if anyone's feeling brave, it's a lot of fun. I'll be there in the audience this time. Uh, so that's something to do. Um, so... Um, 
so you were brewing, uh, you were working at the Grove, you were brewing as Bitches Brewing Co, but then you ended up uh, brewing um, at Northern Monk. How did that come about? Um, I, I mean, I, I ended up back running the pub. Um, I sort of stepped in for three months, it became a year and a half. So obviously the brewing wasn't progressing as much as I liked. Um, I'd seen that Northern Monk were after a brewer. Um, obviously, say David, David, we, Northern Monk started as a cuckoo brewing operation. Um, up at Hamilton's and Ripon, um, and David was in there for the early days, but he must find some investment to start setting up our own place, and David couldn't commit to that. You know, he's too many young kids, it was too much of a risk for him. Um, so I'd seen this, and you know, I got itchy feet to a point. Um, so I officially approached Russ about 11 pm in, on the Saturday night of um, Leeds International Beer Festival. I'd been drinking um, weird beers, Holy Hopping Hell. Um, basically get it refilled by Alison for the previous hour and I've been trying to find Russell all evening just to sort of introduce myself and I finally all looked over and went and I came so I staggered over absolutely off my face and basically went I hear you need a brewer um, but obviously it worked I mean Russ got back in touch next week um, he was actually out, went off to India after that so we um, we did a lot of Skype conversations um, apparently he only understood about one word in ten of what I said um, but apparently those, ten, those words did the job and he offered me the job so um, and then me and Russell set about setting another monk up properly <laughs> fantastic and now uh, and now you're an award winning brewery so that's uh, that's incredible um, so but when you started you weren't you didn't have your own brewery did you you no. brewed on other people so what, what was it like uh, gypsy brewing and then what was it like then transitioning into your own space at the old flax store in Leeds well gy- gypsy brewing in the UK is really hard obviously you've got the likes of McKellar and plenty of brewers in America who do it regularly um, yeah. the issue you got in the UK really is all the like minded brewers are at capacity yeah. they're growing so fast um, say we, we were at Hamilton's who are a very traditional Yorkshire brewery they do perfectly solid cast bitter basically um, they've got open fermenters it's a very traditional setup, and we rocked up with a 6% IPA and a 9% Imperial Stout um, I mean I don't think they'd even heard of Citra you know so I mean they so it's, yeah. it's, it's a good way to get your brand to market because yeah. you know you've got, you haven't got the the setup costs but yeah you're, you're the other there for the brew day you're leaving the fermentation and conditioning etc in the hands of perfectly skilled brewers but the ones who wouldn't necessarily understand the style of beer you're making and with the open fermenters and stuff it didn't really we never quite happy with the results we got um, yeah but you know it got the name yeah, out there I, I think, just, I think, just coming in there like, I remember like when when you first brewed New World, it might have been even when David Bishop was brewing, I got sent a bottle and it was a nice beer, but it doesn't it didn't taste as vibrant and juicy like it does today. Like yeah. the difference the difference is yeah. incredible. I mean so. New, New World's well, more probably three year project I guess, yeah. you know, that's when we got our old place we basically start from scratch and that beer's that's the one beer that's been with us from the beginning as a core beer and it's you know it's labour of love, I guess is the word, and yeah. you have we've constantly tried to find tuna yeah, and then you went to the old flax store, which, yep. and so you got this fantastic old mill just outside of Leeds City Centre, and you you gutted it basically, didn't you? Yeah, so we obviously we we, we got a great local investor. Um, we knew we could start finding a own place, and we were keen to get somewhere that reflected the the brand that Russell already set up. Yeah, especially in the early days, our branding had a lot of you know, black and white mills in the background and stuff. But we wanted to come with, we had some of a character to reflect sort of Yorkshire industrial heritage, which was something we were really keen to. Um, reflect on so um yeah we looked at all kinds of industrial states and various buildings but say we found found this old flat store five minutes away from the station and 
we, were, we didn't really we weren't set on being in Leeds we wanted to be in West Yorkshire because that's where we were from but, but obviously Leeds with its connections did make a big difference um, yeah so yeah, we were lucky enough to get in there and do it and then and Leeds is uh, well Leeds and West Yorkshire has a pretty vibrant beer scene I mean you've got you guys Magic Rocks Summer Wine um, and that's just scratching the surface What what is it about the West Yorkshire scene that really makes it stand out. Why is there such an amazing beer culture there? I'm not sure. It's cra- I mean, it's crazy. There's, there's more breweries per head in West Yorkshire than anywhere else in the UK. It's a hell of a competitive place to be. Um, Which is, I mean, saying something, that, 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 think about that in the context of we're in London where there's 9 million people and we've got 80 breweries. There's, like, there's, I mean, some, there's a, there's a lot of people in Yorkshire. There's a similar number of breweries in West Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, which obviously a lot more spread out um, I doubt it's got well, it's probably less people in London than there is in West Yorkshire there'll be more people in London than in West Yorkshire I'd imagine yeah. um, so yeah it's, it's pretty busy um, but yeah no, it's, I mean obviously I've been in Huddersfield Huddersfield had great ale pubs for the last 10 years or more um, so I think there's, a bit, there's already been a decent real ale culture in West Yorkshire I think it's helped you're also very well located I mean you've got obviously Leeds is a big vibrant city but you know we're surrounded by Manchester Sheffield York we've got a You've got it's like the hub of the north, I guess, in yeah. terms of um, well, it's, it's, it's yeah. a city culture. It does, it yeah, is. And, and, and Leeds is, feels like a real like sort of part of the centre of that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean Leeds is crazy. I remember like being at Huddersfield five, six years ago. If we were going for a, a night out, we'd go to Manchester because they already had Port Street, um, Marble Arch, Common, etc. And Leeds had nothing. I mean, they had a few really good ale pops, but I mean, then like Friends of Hampstead up. Brewdog leads followed, and from there, the last two years or more, it's it, at the moment it feels like every other week there's something new opening up, and yeah. probably similar to what's happening in London. But I don't think there's anywhere as vibrant and growing as a, as a scene right now. Of you know, of the, what, you know what, what, other what, London, there's anyone more than like. Leeds. I know it's tough to ask someone to pick pick favourites, but what are your highlights in the Leeds beer scene at the moment? Um, I mean, Bundabust, I guess, goes without saying. Yeah, Bundabust is. If you've not been, <laughs> even, even in London, you've got people nodding. Yeah, um, Bundabust is this like uh, bar, beer bar that has amazing Gujarati uh, vegetarian Indian food, and if you just go, it's just the most vibrant, delicious meal you'll ever have. And they're opening in Manchester in like a month's time. Yeah, Manchester's happening. Um, and obviously, people keep asking them. To, you, you were asking them to get to London, weren't you? Well, there's rumours. No. There's rumours that that might happen next year. Yeah, but, I, think um, I think they'll do a few pop-ups to get the name out there. And then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That'll that'll be the best thing that's happened to London. Yeah, it, it would be. Uh, <laughs> Whatever else happens in between, it'll be the best thing that's happened to London. That would be a big deal. It's run by some really, really great guys as well. Yeah. Um, and so where did Northern Monk fit into this scene? How how are they integrating into such a vibrant beer scene? Um, I mean, in terms of breweries, at least. Um, we still actually got a fairly traditional brewing scene. You like you obviously Leeds Brewery, yeah. Kirkstall, Leeds Brewery, Leeds Brewery kind of took over from Tetley's a bit. Yeah. Kirkstall as well. They they prim- they specialise in around four percent ish pale bitter, you know, cask market. Um, Oakley as well, still mostly casks. They do a little bit more, but there wasn't really a, a craft brewery in the modern term, you know, doing IPAs and imperial stouts and and the really you know the cutting edge stuff. Um, when we set up and there's there's a few set up now but still there's I think we still like to think we're at that end we're, we're leading that end of it you know I think we're doing the most yeah most creative most experimental if you like um, in the market there's, there's a few that were set up um, but no one's really um, done what we're doing yet <laughs> and how would you 
how would you describe Northern Monk and the beer you make to someone that had never come across your brewery before? Because, I mean, as you say, Leeds and Yorkshire is quite this traditional ale, real ale scene, and you're, you're making very different beers. How would you describe the sort of beers you're making to someone that is new to your beers? I mean, the, 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 the lane we like to use and sort of raison d'etre, as, as Russ likes to, <laughs> likes to mm. say every opportunity, is um, the evolution of tradition. So we've always, obviously the whole brand, you take the old flat store, 160 year old listed building, um, try to take some of the, um, not culture, but the, the it's not the most of the monks, you know, the, the monks, monks brew beer to support the community. Um, so we got our taproom stuff, but we do a lot of collaborations with local independent, well, in lo- other brewers, but independent. We've got a co- you know, our novice starts with a local roaster. We have a patrons project. Um, I think you've got the patrons in the fridge. Um, so we have a lo- number of artists and musicians we work with and back, and we get them. So they do some art, they provide artwork for us, and we, you know, we back them in, in their endeavors. Um, so that whole idea of just working with the community was a big thing. And, but yeah, it reflects on the history side of it, that yeah. trying to look at traditional British brewing, particularly the, yeah, particularly the British brewing element, obviously IPA and Porter are the most famous ones, but we, don't, we, don't, we did a, we did Rapscallion, which was a, based on a beer style called Pearl, which was yeah. brewed with orange Yeah, Rapscallion was, was interesting. It was like a, yeah. it was with, uh, like... We tried to take, like, it was really all English pale ale. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah, trying to... Obviously, a lot of interest in them zesty, fruity, pale beers at the moment. So, I was yeah. sort of trying to do that from a traditional angle. Oh, that, um, did that have hops in it? Yeah, yeah, very small. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah it was the, all English, the ginger yeah. and the, the lemon ginger and orange zest in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, trying to take what's gone before and develop it. Really, that's, that's yeah. what we like. That's what we like. Think we're doing. I mean, get a little bit more adventurous these days. I mean, yeah, the mango I mean, you stuff. You can't really yeah, link that one. Like a, you can't link that one to the image, IPA but, with um, mango, and you've got that was the eight two two double IPA, which is named after like the first year that monks documented hops. Yeah, eight two two AD was the first recorded use we could find of um, hops relation to beer. So a monk called um, Edelhard. Yeah, that was it. All, all, all the hop, all of the hops collective in the estate were to be preserved for the use in brewing of yeah. ale. Um, and, and the whole monk thing is it's not not to do with like Belgian Trappist brewing is it it's more no it's more the community well, it's spirit the community spirit yeah they, in fact they brewed beer to support you know to, they can sell it keep the community afloat yeah and um, I've got one more question and that's what's next for Northern you know you've won this award uh, you're making some incredible beer but where do you go next from here um, I mean it keeps growing it's uh, we've completely maxed out what we can do at the flat store um, like I said we started with Free fermenters, so we were brewing that once or twice a week. Uh, we're now doing five, six days a week. Um, we're how, many, how, many, are you, are you brewing, how many times are you brewing a day? Yeah, just once a day. Just once a day. Once a day, but five or six yeah. days a week. So we're doing about 50 to 60 barrels a week. Um, I say, obviously, we got our eternal and MS, our eternal New Order and MS, um, and it's now, New World is now the second best selling brand. Second best brand, second best selling craft brand after Punk. Um, well, but, but I mean, they're doing triple what they predicted at the moment. Yeah. Um, so obviously that that must be fun for you as uh, the it's head a, brewer. It's a, it's a full week's production. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, uh, and obviously the main thing was to keep as many specials available as can to keep. Yeah. You know, I think you can just about balance having your core in the supermarket as long as the independents have access to. Yeah. Something interesting, you know, to keep to keep their market happy. Um, but no, we we are in the very early stages of looking at an expansion because. 
we can't do anything more in, in the flat store. The, the ceiling height is very restrictive. And yeah, and it's the, great, and to, listing, great to listed building, isn't it? Great to listed, so we can't really so start can't just make modifications no, willy-nilly. We yeah. can't just start sticking stainless steel outside. So, um, yeah, we're, we're in the very early stages of a production facility, if you yeah. like. The um, flat store will stay. That will just it'll free us up to do even more interesting stuff, really. We've got... We got. We really want to really expand our barrel aging and our experimentation with yeasts, but we need the, the, yeah. the freedom to do that and obviously to do it on a scale that's viable. So um, I think hopefully we're looking at Easterish next year. Maybe we'll hopefully be on a third barrel kit and um, yeah. and yeah, well, and hopefully even more experimental stuff on the back of it. But um, very 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 early days. Amazing, <laughs> um, Brian. Thanks very much. Let's give Brian a round of applause. Um, Um, I hope you enjoyed that and find that as informative as I did. Um, we're going to bring around a few samples of the Heathen uh, IPA, which is uh, a modern New England Vermont-style juicy IPA. Um, I'm a big fan of this. It's single hot with citra, I believe, Brian. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any questions uh, for Brian? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to move the microphone and you can come and just ask them. You don't need to do like a vocal take and get super, super close, Barry White style. But... but um, does anybody have any questions for Brian? And I will uh, sort of like, you can come and ask them into the microphone. Anyone? Uh, Peter has, let me just uh, do that. So, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name's Peter. Um, and that's, that's, that's as far as your introduction goes. <laughs> but um, I am, um, it's not, into, it's, this, it's not meant to be flipping, but I'm massively intrigued by your accent. I'm totally beguiled by it. Have you moved around the UK? Is there a bit of Scottish in there? Yeah. Ed Edinburgh born. Edinburgh born and born, born in Edinburgh. Moved when I was five. Uh -huh. um, well, Manchester at the time, and then good what, 17, 18 years in Yorkshire now. So. Okay. Uh, certain words come out. I really hear the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Edinburgh. Like, everyone yeah. knows I got an accent. No one could quite pick it. I've got a horrible, com horrible combination of an accent. Fast talking and mumbling, so um, similar to me. We could probably, we'll probably have to re-record re this later on. Um, <laughs> um, so it was, it was more a statement, really. Just like thanks for bringing the beers that you're bringing to, the, to, 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 to people who like to put the beer to the face, because um, you're, you're making nice beer, and it's yeah. If you, if, if, you did, if you didn't put it to your face, then I wouldn't have a job. So exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. So th thanks very much, and um, yeah. Right, right, thanks, uh, I like that's an easy question, I like that. <laughs> um, I'm just going to clap everyone. Does anyone else have a question? Oh, I can see there's something. Oh, yeah, oh, can oh. I come and... Uh, <laughs> wash out, Tom. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just say your name and then ask your question. I'm Steve, I drink beer. Um, well done, I'm really curious about the innovation process. How do you... <laughs> innovate your existing lines and also how do you take it broader and, and particularly things like calibration uh, collaborations yeah how do you actually collaborate how does that that process actually come about collaborations are collaborations are most easily well well fellow bird to bird going off let's do a beer together but it's mostly obviously a lot of email um month or more in advance we'll be working on an email on a, on a recipe by email just throwing ideas back and forth and see what sticks really and it turns out actually the brewing of it, um, rumour has it we just get drunk, um, it's only partly true. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I, I learned to brew by travelling around, as I say, and so I always, 
I always feel if I go to another person's brewery, I always feel like I come away having learned something. Um, sometimes negative, really negative, but I have had negative experience on these things that you, you learn from it. But if just the way someone does something, you know, if it's just yeah, this certain time they do something in the process because what for what is a very simple process, you mash it in, you boil it, you ferment it. Beer is that yeah, everyone everyone brews beer in a very slightly different way. Um, so for me, that's what I find really interesting, and obviously just sharing ideas. You know, he, he, uh, how like I say the innovation of it. I guess you know the somebody comes up with an idea and how they go about bringing that into into a, into a liquid form. Um, how random is that? You know, in terms of how people think and how sort of like the mind really goes to then say, okay, I can do something with that within a, a liquid form, yeah. within a beer. It's theories, but I think at the moment, yeah, we are, yeah, all kinds of ideas thrown around, just like anything, anything goes and you try an that, idea. You, you throw that in, you see what comes out. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I think certain flavours are easier than others, but I mean, we, we, did a, we did a beer with parsnips in it uh, and the idea behind that was during the war in particular, um, when you couldn't get bananas, uh, parsnips have that similar flavour, especially slowly roasted. And the one beer style that's associated with bananas is vice beer, with the esters from the east. So we'd, we'd had this idea for a while of doing a parsnip vice beer. Um, it ended up as Dunkelweiss, because we'd done a, recently done a Belgian wit, so we wanted to differentiate a little bit. And chucked a little pepper in there as well, just because, uh, again, it, the esters of the yeast, it's, it's, there's almost that, that idea of there are rules and there are expectations and actually just stepping outside it. Just oh, of course, it yeah. Oh, it's, to, it's totally yeah. outside the box thinking, as they say. But there's usually a method in the madness where there's an element of the beer. That's been I think that's been an element of the beer, a flavour from the hop or from the malt or from the yeast, which triggers. Well, that kind of tastes like this, and what can we do with that? Um, that's mostly how it goes, but. Um, sometimes it's just <laughs> just is random. We're trying to work out. We're, try, we're kind of trying to work out how to do peanut butter and jelly in, a, in peanut butter and jelly in a um, beer. Well, that will open the American market. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. But no, we've, we've tried it all. But a lot of it's yeah. There's usually a there's usually a flavour in a beer or something that just gets the cogs whirling. So like an idea that then just yeah. gets developed. I think that's why there's so many creative types like musicians in the industry because <laughs> brewing it's brewing from those weird, weird careers I guess where you got the creative end, and you can you could have you can be a doctor of doctor of chemistry, or you could have done a music degree, and you can both brew a really interesting beer. And I think, especially the way the craft market's developed, and where pretty much anything goes, it has really opens the door to creative minds. Um, there really are no boundaries, are there? No, of course not. I think yeah, they're long gone. Yeah, no, you don't <laughs> don't stick to style. Um, we just did a collab with Weirdbeard, and, and Ryan was like. Have you got any issues like about bastardising a quadruple? Like, I just made a Neapolitan beer. I've got no issues with bastardising <laughs> anything right now. So we, so uh, we're doing a chili. Uh, we're doing a chili bake world quad <laughs> with cherries and almonds in it. But um, that Neapolitan was great. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean that that was a that was a one. That was a um, the your Neapolitan ice cream was a collaboration with Little Leeds Beer House, the yes. beer shop in Leeds, yeah, and, it just, the, and it just blew up, didn't it? Yeah, one of, yeah, one of the yeah, one of the new shiny lights they got they're in the college change, which is one of the other beautiful buildings in Leeds. They got a great little shop, but um, yeah, they asked us to do a birthday beer, and these days we try and most beers like that we try and do on the pilot kit, um, which is which is very persuasive. Um, Tots into candy yet? Um, Russ agreed to it, the boss. Um, on a train journey to London, actually, and then when it appeared on the schedule, he's like, I never agreed to that. I was like, you did. You definitely <laughs> did. 
but then when we yeah I mean again it's kind of just how do we get all these flavours in a bit of a guesswork me and Richard came up with the idea at the bar once and it worked everyone went crazy for it we ended up brewing it three more times and now it will be back but not until next year we're going to hold it till next spring it's going to be we're going to we'll get ice cream trucks and stuff involved next year and um, <laughs> have a bit of fun but yeah we'll do a big rebrew of it next year but yeah I think that's a perfect example of just sometimes yeah sometimes it just comes together <laughs> there's no trials to that that just went straight in at full 10 barrel brew length and um, sometimes you just have to go for it don't you? yeah and, it, and it's crazy how well it turned out I guess but it was a bit of a almost there almost despairing how well that one went actually at one point it was like oh we're going to have to remake this out we're going to have to try and recreate this one-off experiment and <laughs> it's fun fantastic thank you very Cheers. much um, any more questions for Brian any more last call Steph has a question uh, if you'd just like to, to introduce yourself uh, introduce yourself to the, to the microphone Hi, I'm Steph from Caps and Taps. I'm very, very hungover for Hungover Club. Um, my question is, what is your favourite Northern Monk beer, past or present? Ah, uh, this is a good one. Um, past the Pirinhoff and Wit we did last year. Because um, that, that one came together in about five days. It was, um, we had a, not the actual fermentation, but the idea. Um, it was, it ran up to us installing our canning line. Um, uh, we were doing this seasonal series in the kitchen and we'd, have, we'd be talking about doing that in the other flower sour but um, low pH is really bad for the linings on the cans so basically big can manufacturers like I wouldn't use that one for commissioning at least so we're like well you need to find out come up with a seasonal thing so I like, mean the chef were just brainstorming and I think I can't remember how we came up with pear and hawthorn I think the pear and ginger thing is quite common I think the hawthorn's that similar flavour um, hawthorn was in season but anyway yeah we we <laughs> Brewed this beer and it turned out absolutely wonderful. I think it just worked really nicely. I was, I, you know, that's probably still my personal favourite. And um, obviously, New World, a lot of um, love hate for that. Obviously, we've had it from the very beginning. Uh, it's um, permanently for love. And then Heathen's just, it's it's frustrating, but you can't go wrong with a single hop situation. Really. It's just it's just such a unique hop, such a wonderful flavour, and very little can match it. So, yeah, at the moment, it's. At the moment, I'm just pints of eternal and um, a bit of heaving on the side, and I'm quite happy. So. Oh, sounds like a good table. I like yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> so. Thank you. Peace right, accordingly. Uh, any more questions? I think we're all done. Okay, uh, let's just give Brian uh, a huge round of applause. Uh, not just because it's the uh, the second anniversary of brewing at the Old Flaxor, but because his mum. Uh, has won awards uh, for her jam and her cross-stitch uh, today, which is an incredible achievement. But uh, thank you very much, Brian. You've been brilliant. is it somewhere you would lay your head? Just make sure you don't wind up dead in a juice head.